OWC Radio number 42, the official podcast for Other World Computing. everyone, Tim Robertson for Otherworld Computing's OWC Radio, the official podcast for MacSales.com. If you're looking for RAM, hard drives, hey, do you got one of those new 27-inch iMacs? You can add eSATA to it. You can add a second hard drive. You could even add a third hard drive. If you want more information on how to do all of that, check it out at www.MacSales.com. Now, like I said at the end of last episode, uh, episode number 41, I was going to have a big announcement, and I'll get to that a little later in the show. But first, let's take a look at what's going on around our favorite topic, the Apple universe, technology, the Internet. What's going on out there? Well, Apple, it turns out, has got a really great brand-new monitor Now, a lot of people that get the Mac Pros wish they had that monitor that comes on the new iMac. Well, you can get the new 27-inch cinema display and hook that up. You can actually hook this up to your Mac Mini if you wanted to. It's huge. It's got a true 16 by 9 ratio. It's $9.99. So, really, if you got a Mac Mini, your monitor would cost more than your whole computer. It's got built-in eyesight with a microphone. It's got a built-in 2.1 speaker system. Which, yeah, you know, real honestly, if you want to have some decent audio coming out of your Mac, get a pair of external speakers. There, it, it's just going to sound so much better, or at the very least, a nice pair of headphones. It's got three self-powered USB 2.0 ports, which is, of course, really nice. It comes with a MagSafe connector. Now, I wrote an article at um, blogs.macsales.com about why doesn't more devices, at least from Apple, have the MagSafe adapter. That's the power cable that you plug into, say, your MacBook, MacBook Pro. It's magnetized, held into place. That's how it should be. Every machine should have that. It's just fantastic. Well, the new uh, 27-inch cinema display does. The funny thing is it replaces the 30-inch model, and shipping right now is about one to two weeks. I'm imagining the the way it looks, the visual quality, is probably on par with the 27-inch iMac. It's probably exactly the same thing, right? Except it's not a Mac behind it. It's, uh, it's just a monitor, the LED backlighting, 2560 by 14.4 max resolution. It's got a 178-degree viewing angle, which means you could almost be sitting next to it on the side and and see the screen. It really does sound like a fantastic uh, monitor. I kind of wish I had one, but I don't really have a need for it. And the reason is, and I've been talking for a while about replacing my Intel Core 2 Duo 2.8 gigahertz iMac with one of the new, probably, i5 models. Well, I made the jump. Um, Hasn't arrived yet, and it probably won't for a couple weeks. But I've decided to get the 27-inch 
i7. That's right. I went with the i7. I did it. And I'm really, you know, I'm excited to get it. One of the things that I'm hoping that it does, number one, is it, I don't want to say the current iMac is slow. It's not. When, you know, when I'm doing Final Cut Pro work on there, Photoshop, that sort of thing, it's plenty fast enough for what I need it to do. But it seems like the larger my, say, iTunes library grows, um, it just seems to – more photos in iPhoto. I can I can just imagine what it would be like to have a little bit more horsepower, a little bit faster processor, um, maybe some more RAM. And so I decided uh, that I'm going I'm just going to replace it. I'll sell the uh, current 24-inch iMac, and I'm going to replace it with this 27-inch iMac i7. And it's funny. It's because it's a 2.8 gigahertz machine, just like I have now. But the difference in chip and technology is, you know, what four years apart. So it's going to be a whole lot faster. I'm looking forward to it. Now, OWC has this turnkey solution that I can send in my 27-inch iMac and have them add an SSD drive to it. So I don't. I didn't go with the SSD that comes stock from Apple. That I think they're <laughs> they're charging way too much money for it. Plus, I don't have any options, and I want options. And with other world computing, I get those options. So quite honestly, I'm thinking about getting this iMac in and uh, having OWC do the upgrade to it. What, I'm, what I really would like to do is put, let's say, a one terabyte drive, which it comes with, uh, put that where the optical drive is and put in maybe a 60 gig SSD. And that will be where I'm just going to have the operating system. And all my files, all the other stuff will be on the one terabyte. I'm also looking forward to having a lot more USB ports. It comes with five and my current Mac has three. And that really doesn't work because what happens is I end up needing ports. Um, my backup solution that I do every day, well, not every day, I'll be honest. I don't do it every day, even though I should. Uh, I use a newer technology, Voyager, at home. I've got one here in the office as well, and that's how I f trade files back and forth. But what I do is I literally have to unplug my USB cable that is syncing my iPhone or my iPad. I unplug that and then plug the Voyager into that. That's not ideal. I really need at least two more ports would be perfect. The new iMac has five, so I'm very happy about that. One thing I'm not happy about is I'm going to have to get an adapter for my FireWire 400 drives that I occasionally plug in, and uh, I'm going to have to go from FireWire 800 to 400. This is a little adapter, or you can buy a cable that does that. It's not expensive at all, and OWC sells those as well. But I don't know. It, you know, Apple is abandoning the uh, FireWire 400. And it hasn't affected me as far as my uh, my laptops, but it's going to with that iMac. So that's kind of a bummer. But still, I think it's going to be a much better machine. Um, quite honestly, I've never really been uh, – that 30-inch uh, cinema display seems like it would be a little bit too big. The 27-inch cinema display, I think that's just about perfect. And I was thinking maybe I'll replace my second cart monitor as well because I've got a, a little bit older of a cinema display. And I'm going to have to get an adapter so that can work with the new iMac, and that's kind of a pain too. 
So I thought, well, maybe I'll just, you know, sell that and get the new 27-inch cinema display to go with the 27-inch iMac. But then I started thinking, you know, 27 inches, I don't really need a side cart monitor with that much screen real estate. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Um, the adapter would obviously be a lot less expensive an option to, to put the older monitor onto the new iMac. I don't know. I'll let you guys know how it goes eventually. Next up, <laughs> this I don't know what to say about this. The unofficial Apple weblog has a video uh, found footage, Windows 95 3.1 running on jailbroken iPad. It's uh, about a seven and a half minute video that someone recorded with pretty much a step-by-step how-to on jailbreaking your iPad and then (laughs) running Windows 95 or running Windows 3.1 on it. Um, From a purely geeky, nerdy perspective, kind of cool. But from a realistic viewpoint, uh, why? Why would you take a very sophisticated OS and run <laughs> Windows 95 on it? I don't, I don't understand. What could, why? What's the possible reasoning other than the cool, look what I did, Besides that, what's any real-world application? I, I can't think of one. Seriously, I cannot think of one reason, especially Windows 3.1. I mean, really? Windows 3.1 on your iPad. Maybe if it was an app that you could buy in the App Store that would emulate uh, Windows 95 and run Windows 95 games that maybe someone had optimized for a touch interface? Maybe. But I, I just I don't see anybody wanting to do that. It Okay, granted, I watched the video. And again, from a nerdy and a geeky perspective, which I have a lot of, it was kind of cool. But I just kept asking myself, Why? So I had the chance to play with the brand new iPod Nano. It was a blue one that I got to use. And I got to say, you know, I have an iPhone 4. I had the iPhone 3GS. I've had a number of iPods over the years. But ever since the iPhone came out, I just don't really use my iPod for much of anything. Number one, I don't want to carry two devices. So the iPhone's ability to... The iPhone is basically an iPod, right? It's software, yes, but it's an iPod. And I got to be honest, I've never owned a Nano myself. Now, my girls, my my youngest girl, or my oldest girls, they have owned iPod Nanos. And they like them a lot. But for me, there's just really no point. It's kind of redundant. If I've got a 32-gig iPhone, what do I need an iPod Nano for? But yet, when I was holding the new iPod nano it's it's almost perfectly square the way the screen rotates i you know i gotta be honest i didn't get to listen to it uh first but it's i'm sure audio quality is no different than any other ipod 
But I have to be honest, just the feel, the build feel of the new iPod Nano, I'm quite impressed with it. And there was something about it. I really, really wanted it. I wanted to buy it right then. I didn't. (laughs) I restrained myself because, like I said, what am I going to do with an iPod Nano? But still, man, you know, I think this is the first iPod Nano that I've ever really wanted. I think it's a fabulous device. I know Apple's catching some flack from a few quarters saying, hey, you know, the, the last generation iPod Nano you could actually record video with and you could watch movies on. You can't do that with the new one. It's a step backwards. Well, sometimes you have to take a step backwards to move forward. And I think with the form factor and the functionality of the iPod Nano, I think it's a move forward. I'm sure Apple did all the research they needed to and found out most owners of the iPod Nano that you could record video on wasn't doing it. They weren't using it to record video. I don't think a lot of people with iPod Nanos were using it as a picture frame so they can look at their pictures. Nor do I think that they were watching much video on it. The new one, you can still look at pictures, which I suppose is kind of a neat thing to be able to flip through your photos on there. But it's still it's a square screen. But I don't think a lot of people that had Nanos, and neither one of my daughters, ever watched videos on it. I, I, I want to say that uh, our second oldest daughter did shoot a little video with hers, but not very much and, and not enough to warrant Apple keeping it in for the new version, I think. So I think that Apple did a, a really great thing with the new Nano. The form factor is for a portable music player. I think it's perfect. I really do. I think it's it's a home run. It is a fashion statement, yes, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The iPods have kind of always been fashion statements, haven't they? I mean, the ads with the white earbuds and, you know, all that. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's a great product. I think this coming holiday season, Apple is going to sell a lot of iPod Nanos. And speaking of this holiday season, there was a report out of the Wall Street Journal story in which Best Buy CEO, the CEO of Best Buy, Brian Dunn, said that the iPad is cannibalizing 50% of laptop sales. Think about that for a minute. Laptops has been hugely on the rise, overtaking desktops for a while now. Apple's own figures back that up. They sell more... MacBooks and MacBook Pros than they do iMacs and Mac Pros at this point. So portable computing is just skyrocketing. And yet, here's Best Buy CEO saying that more people are starting to buy iPads. In fact, he's going to position Best Buy this holiday season to sell more iPads and Kindles than they are laptops. I'm curious what that really means. Does it simply mean that if you're, instead of buying a laptop, they're buying an iPad? That's one way to look at it. Another is 
for the most part, laptops cost more than an iPad. But I think what he's really referring to is the low-end laptop market. So if you're going to spend 500 bucks for a laptop, it's, you know, some cheap HP or Dell or something like that. Instead, people are taking that money and buying an iPad. I, I do wonder, is it just simply the coolness of it? I mean, it's a new gadget. It does all these different things. Or is it more profound than that? People are tired of complexity. Some people, obviously, not all. But people are just tired of, you know, downloading virus updates and just all the hassle that goes with owning a Windows PC, especially a laptop, which is going to be more fragile than a desktop. And they see the iPad and soon other slate pad type of computing devices as a viable alternative to a laptop. I have to say, from what the, the way I use my iPad when I'm not actually working, when I'm at home, it used to be if I wanted to check a website real quick, I would go to the other room and I would look up the information. Sometimes I would use my iPhone, but the screen was just, you know, so small, the keyboard small. It was just easier to get up, go into the other room, wake up the iMac if it was sleeping, type it in, Google, and get my search real quick. I don't do that anymore. I simply grab the iPad, which is usually on the table wherever next to wherever I'm sitting, type it in there, and boom, I've got the answer. Didn't have to get up. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of uh, saying the, the iPad is for lazy people. <laughs> it is for me. I'm lazy, I'll, I'll admit. Uh, when I'm sitting on the couch at home, I don't want to get up. So is it cannibalizing the low-end PC market, or is it simply an alternative? People are just happy with the computer they've had now. It's, it's plenty fast for what they're doing. They want something new. Why not go with the iPad? I don't know. I think it's cannibalizing. I think people are, instead of buying a laptop, they're looking at the iPad. Very interesting. I think that I think this holiday season is going to be very telling to see what the hot gifts are. And uh, I can't wait to find out the answer myself. So at the beginning of the show, um, I said there's going to be an announcement. And I said that at the end of OWC Radio number 41 as well. And uh, so we'll get right to that. Uh, this will be my last OWC Radio. Uh, I won't be back for episode 43. And honestly, I don't know what Otherworld Computing is planning to do with OWC Radio. Now, obviously, I hope it continues. Uh, but I don't know who a host will be or when the host will take over. I, I honestly don't know. I, I hope it really does continue. I think that uh, you guys as an audience has been great. And I'm sure whoever follows, uh, you're going to appreciate that person just as much. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the history of the show. This is the 42nd episode. So I've done 40, 42 episodes of OWC Radio. It started in December of last year. And I've had a lot of guests on the show, and I've had a lot of shows where I did just by myself, like the one you're listening to right now. And I have to say, it's been one of the most rewarding times I've ever spent uh, behind a microphone. I think um, OWC Radio has made me a better podcaster than I was before. 
working with the, the staff at Otherworld Computing has just been a joy. Now, I started, like you, as a customer of Otherworld Computing. Well, I hope that you're a customer. I hope you're not just listening to the show um, and, and never spending any money with OWC because, let's be honest, if it wasn't for Otherworld Computing, this show never would have existed in the first place. It just would not have. Um, so I started out as a fan of their products. Now, as the publisher of MyMac.com, I had the pleasure of reviewing or overseeing a staff who were reviewing uh, OWC products for many years. And usually without fail, OWC products would always score extremely high, especially compared to the competition. So that always told me that here's a company that pays attention to the details, that they don't take unnecessary risks when it comes to the quality of their product, that when they release a product, it's going to perform as advertised. That's not always true. You would like to think that that's true with all companies, but that's not always true with a lot of companies, especially as a product reviewer for many years. In the Macintosh market alone, going back to 1995 for myself, many times I'll review a product and I was just, it, it didn't live up to its own advertising. And that was always disappointing. But I never ran into that problem with OWC. Of course, OWC also had, I think, one of the most valuable things online that I've ever seen, especially when you consider this company is doing it for free, and that's their installation videos. Here's a company that, in essence, wants to sell you the products that you want to upgrade your Mac with, right? So you want a new hard drive. You've got, let's say, uh, a 320-gig hard drive in your laptop, and it's time to get a bigger hard drive. But for a lot of people, that's a daunting task to open up your computer, pull out the old, whatever it is, memory, hard drive, what have you, and replace it with something new. That's, that's, that's intimidating. And I still know a lot of people who simply wouldn't have done it. Especially on some of the laptops, it can get very confusing. I mean, the, the parts are very precise. So if you mess up, you're, you're going to ruin your computer. And of course, OWC can't go to every customer's house and install it for them. But Mac users are a resourceful bunch, and we want to do our own upgrades a lot. But we don't all have the expertise to do it. So they came out with these installation videos that are simply fantastic. Almost every current Mac model for the last few years, there's a video online showing how to replace the memory, the optical drive, the hard drive. It's, it's just very extensive and very, very impressive. Now, they already were doing that before I, uh, I, I did some work for them, which is uh, OWC Radio here. So they were, that was already established. But it was one of the reasons that I wanted to work with OWC because they weren't charging anybody to watch these videos. They were on YouTube. They were on OWC's www.maxsales.com webpage. Anybody could watch these videos. And I was always kind of amazed by that because I thought, well, what if someone just goes to Best Buy, buy some cheap hard drive, can't figure out how to do it, and then they watch the OWC install video, and boom, they figured it out. That's how you do it. 
Well, OWC doesn't get a dime from that customer. That customer paid money somewhere else. But they're still using OWC resources for free to do it. But, of course, I figured out pretty quickly what the ultimate goal is. You provide this kind of service not just for your people that spends money in your store or on your website for your products, but you do it for everybody. So the next time someone's going to buy something that used the installation videos last time, hopefully their first thought is to go to Otherworld Computing's website to buy the product. It's ingenious, but yet it went beyond that. It was a service that they were offering the Mac community on how to do this. Now, here's the funny thing. They didn't just pick a start date to start doing installation videos and they just went ahead with the new machines as they come out. Yes, they did that. But OWC also went back and were showing you how to do installation videos on older machines. G4 towers, PowerBook G3s, old iBooks. Stuff that... The stores out there now, heck, even Apple doesn't want to sell you anything for that old machine. But here's OWC providing you step-by-step installation videos on how to replace a hard drive in an old G4. And this wasn't repurposed footage that they shot 10 years ago. They literally got a G4, filmed it, posted it online. It's It's amazing. And it just goes to show the level of uh, respect this company has for not just the community, but for for computer people like us, uh, the tech enthusiasts, those who want to fix up our old machines or upgrade our newer machines. So that was one of the big reasons that uh, I was real excited to go to work and do some work for Otherworld Computing. I've never been an employee. Uh, I've always been an outside contractor. Uh, The main reason for that is I am, quite honestly, four-and-a-half-hour drive away from their Woodstock, Illinois headquarters. And, uh, you know, I I would make the trip there and and talk to the people and meet not everybody but most people who worked at OWC. And and I have to be honest, they're some of the greatest people I've ever met in a working relationship – uh, not only do they know what they're talking about and they take pride in their knowledge, but they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. I I, I was completely welcomed um, when I got there as one of their own. And from an outside consultant's viewpoint is which kind of what I was there and I've been doing for a long time on my own. It was a welcome change, and I have to say that, uh, you know, my hat goes off to to everybody at Otherworld Computing. From uh, everybody I met, it was always such a welcome uh, feeling. My first trip up there was actually part of the MyMac podcast when Guy Searle, my co-host at the time, uh, drove from Virginia to Woodstock, Illinois. I drove there from Battle Creek, Michigan. We met at the Holiday Inn Guy was staying at, and then we drove to the corporate headquarters of OWC, and we did an interview with Larry O'Connor, who was and is um, the owner of OWC. And unfortunately, the audio for that, we did it in this um, conference room, and the audio was just terrible. We, we didn't end up using that audio for the show. But when I first got there, I was so impressed with this facility. 
Um, recycling and clean energy is is important to me. And you just wouldn't believe this building that they built. Uh, it's very new, very modern, very efficient. Very, very, very little waste that I could see going out of there. I mean, it's just – it's amazing. And Larry himself – is not only a very smart guy, but he's a very caring person and very, very welcoming. And you can really tell he runs that business more like a family than he does. Um, he's not Rockefeller, let me put it that way. He, he's not taking advantage of his workforce to increase his profits. And I mean, obviously, he's a business owner. He has to make money. But – just the level of care he gives every product that they release that has their name on it is simply amazing. And, you know, that showed me why they always got good review scores, not just at my Mac, but almost every website or magazine I read that was reviewing OWC's products over the years and newer technology would always just score really high. Well, now I understand why. Because there's a level of dedication there to the quality of the product but for the satisfaction of the customer itself, that they're going to be happy. you know. And even if you have really great products, if you have terrible customer service, it really doesn't matter how great the product is because no one's going to want to come back and deal with you. But OWC, they're just simply fantastic people that work there. And they really do go above and beyond what you would expect in today's day and age of when you have a problem with a company or a product and you call the helpline. If you're in North America, a lot of times the person you're talking to, you almost couldn't understand them because they had some strange accent. And that's kind of frustrating. With OWC, when you call, you're talking to someone in the corporate headquarters in Woodstock, Illinois. And they'll spend as much time on the phone with you to make sure you're happy and satisfied as I've ever seen. It's quite amazing. It really is. So when the opportunity presented itself to work there, I jumped at the chance. I could not – I couldn't believe it. Um, and it is kind of uh, sad. It's not even kind of – it is sad that uh, I'm not going to be working with OWC anymore. Um, I do want to say right off the bat that uh, I, well, I'm not going to talk about where I'm going or anything like that. It really doesn't matter. This show is about OWC. And I want to spend a little bit more time here on kind of reflecting a little bit on – these 42 episodes of the show that I did. Because, again, I started in December. My very first guest was Steve Sandy. And I literally recorded Steve Sandy having a conversation with me a month before the first episode went live. And the funny thing was, when we recorded that segment, I didn't even know it was going to be called OWC Radio. Um, we hadn't settled on a name yet. We knew basically what the topics were going to be and the format of the show and that. But... We hadn't settled on a name yet. Now, it was December. Well, technically it was November when I first started recording stuff for him. But it was the end of December when we released the first episode. And the facility I was at to, to set up my studio was out by Interstate 94 here in West Michigan. And it was wintertime. And it was a very cold winter this year. Well, I guess you'd say last year at this point. And I thought it would be neat on a few episodes to, rather than sit in a studio and record into a really good microphone like I'm doing right now, what if I took my iPhone and used the voice memo feature to record myself on the iPhone itself and go outside? Get some of the 
road noises as cars pass on the freeway. And I did just that. And I was taking chances with OWC radio that I hadn't taken before. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to bring something different to OWC radio that I hadn't done before and that I think people or I thought people would enjoy. Getting out into the real world um, this summer, uh, just a couple months ago, I was recording by a river in downtown Battle Creek. And you could hear cars go by. You couldn't really hear the water. Uh, The water wasn't running that fast. But I was outside and you could hear birds. And it was a totally different experience. And I had never done that in podcasting before, nor had I heard too many podcasts anywhere that was mixing, you know, audio from different sources like that on one show. And I thought for sure somebody would complain. I would get an email from someone saying, wow, you know, you sound great in the studio, but the audio quality was horrible when you were outside. And uh, please don't do that. But just the opposite happened. I, I was getting feedback from you, the listeners, saying, well, that was pretty cool when you went outside. I could hear you getting in your car when it was wintertime and turning on the heat. And Wow, that was, that was kind of neat. I haven't heard that before. And you should do more of that, Tim. That was satisfying. And uh, if it wasn't for OWC Radio, I never would have uh, even thought about doing stuff like that. The second guest we had on the show was uh, Owen Rubin. And... Owen was uh, an Apple employee, worked at Atari, Atari and Apple during those golden ages, I guess. He was a writer for MyMac and a very interesting person. That was a great interview. We did an interview with Adam Angst of Tidbits, the ever-dangerous Peter Cohen, uh, David Cohen, or I'm sorry, uh, David Hamilton, Dave Hamilton of the Mac Geek Gab and Kevin Whips. Uh, I remember when the iPad was announced, we had... OWC Radio number nine, John Martellaro from the Mac Observer and Steve Sandy came back and we talked about this miraculous thing, the iPad. And then, of course, the next episode, number 10, I called it iPad it out. I was just tired of talking and hearing about it. (laughs) Uh, And then we had someone on the show named Harry McCracken, who uh, was an editor with, I'm going to say PC World, but I'm probably wrong before he left and started his own website called The Technologizer, which is one of my favorite tech websites. Uh, And he's always fun to do an interview with. And then we had three episodes that I recorded live at the Macworld Expo. Now, the Macworld Expo was really fun because on the last day of the Expo, on the main stage, we did a live OWC radio podcast, a recording. And this was the last thing on the... So, in other words... As soon as OWC Radio ended on the main stage, the Macworld Expo was over. That was it for this year. Of course, I was hoping and praying that Macworld Expo would continue after this year, that there would be a 2011 Macworld Expo because I was so scared that – because, you know, Apple didn't attend this year. Last year, uh, Macworld Expo 09, Apple said that's their last Macworld Expo. They're not going to do it anymore. A lot of vendors decided they weren't going to go to Macworld 2010 if Apple's not going to be there. And a lot of people were worried that the 2010 show, this year's Macworld Expo, would be the last forever. So I thought, oh, my God, what if I'm – if that happens, if this is the last Macworld Expo, that means I'm the last person on the stage at the very end at the last Macworld Expo. I did not want that – 
that distinction. I didn't. I I was like, no, I don't want to be. This show's got to go on next year. I the, I can't go down as a footnote in MacWorld history. There's no way that's going to happen. Thankfully, it, that's not the case. That didn't happen. There is a MacWorld 2011. In fact, MacWorld 2010 was extremely popular. Um, I know most of you didn't go. Please try to go in 2011. It's simply with or without Apple. The MacWorld Expo is really more about community. You guys and me and and all the vendors that make up the this community of computer users, and it's just, it's so fun. You got to go to MacWorld Expo one time. So we had three shows from MacWorld Expo uh, recorded from the showroom floor, um, chatting with a few people, and then doing the main stage thing. Now, the OWC Radio Live that I did, I used as a podcast as well. It doesn't work as well as a podcast because it really was a live event, uh, but. Excuse me, Chuck Joyner from MacVoices.tv actually filmed the whole thing and put it up on his website. And I also posted a link of the embed video at OWC Radio as well, OWCRadio.com. After Macworld Expo, we had an interview with uh, Laura Park. She's head of, uh, well, I'll just say she works at OWC. Um, she's really t- extremely bright, very fun someone that I really enjoyed talking with. So that was episode number 15. Great interview. You should go listen to that. Listen to Laura Park. The next one we did was uh, an interview anyways with Chuck Joyner, and that was OWC Radio 18. And then we came back with another OWC person. That was James Bartell, who does all the e-marketing stuff at OWC. Maybe that doesn't sound very exciting to you, but... His history, his personality really came through in the interview. It was great. Um, Every time I would go to visit OWC after my interview with James, uh, it was always fun to talk to him, even for a few minutes, because he's extremely busy. I'm up there to do work. Uh, But I'd always make time to go say hi to him because he's just a fun person. I was getting a lot of email at the time about what the, the setup I am using and still using now. To record the show, and so for episode 20, I kind of walked through actually how I podcast. Episode 21 was all about the iPad. I actually got my iPad that day. Uh, I released that day, that show on a Saturday, and I called it iPad Day, number 21, and that was the day I got my iPad, the day it was released. I played with it a few hours, then I came into the studio and did a show all about the iPad. I had David Biedney, who really talked about Photoshop, and he was someone using Photoshop version 1. And during the Macworld Expo, he would actually did a big uh, onstage demo of Photoshop 1 in celebration of its anniversary. And we had him on uh, episode number 23, and that was a lot of fun. We had Jen. Jen is from OWC, one of the nicest people I've ever met. I love Jen. She's great. She was on number 24. We had Michael Manna on show number 25. Michael Manna is uh, doing a show called The T4 Show. Most of that's video. You can find it on YouTube. But he was also a professional wrestler, and that was very interesting to me to talk to him. And he's become a good friend. I really like uh, Michael Manna. Great guy. I got to scoop my uh, thing over. Here we go. We did an interview with uh, Krishna, and Krishna does the PC Weenies. Uh, I've been friendly with Krishna for Krishna for I geez I don't know 
10, 13 years. So it was fun to get him on the show. Mike Flaminigo on episode 28, talking about publishing. He publishes the Insanely Great website. Daniel East was on episode number 29. Bill Palmer showed up at episode 32. Bill is the publisher of Beat Wheat Magazine. And uh, Bill's one of my best friends online. He's Every Macworld Expo we get together, and it's just so much fun. Alexander Sharkey was on episode 35. He's a filmmaker. We had Steve Sandy back for number 36. And I think that same week I did, or the next week, I did the uh, two-all live show with him. I got a magic trackpad. I talked about that on 37. Uh, We had a, a sale at the time for the SSD drives at episode number 38. $99 was the price for a 40 gig SSD. That sales ended now, but it's only like 119 at this point. Um, I just couldn't believe that. And then after that, uh, I was introduced to Les Tokar from The SSD Review, and we had a whole show all about SSDs. And that was, to me, very informative. And just a couple shows ago, episode 40, we had my old co-host from the MyMac days, David Cohen, on and talking about the Apple event that just happened. And, of course, last show we had uh, Mike Bombick from Carbon Copy Cloner. So that brings us up to episode number 42. I got to say it's been uh, very rewarding again for me to have the opportunity to sit in front of a microphone. I was going to say stand, but I'm... I'm lazy. I'm sitting. Although I was standing some of the times when I would go outside and and do the show out there. I don't want to get I, – I did want to have a little bit of the history here on the last show of, of what I've done. There's so much more that you can uh, explore and download and listen. Uh, the podcast is not going away. It's still going to be up there on iTunes. So these 42 episodes will still be up there. You can download them, listen to them anytime you want. Of course, because I won't be uh, with – uh, OWC anymore. I'm not the the email address for me isn't going to be through MacSales.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Just do a search for Tim Robertson. Um, if you do a Google search Tim Robertson and Mac, you'll find me all over the place. And you can find out any other things that I'm doing there if you want to continue to follow me. But I really hope whoever uh, continues OWC Radio, I really hope you guys uh, lend your support. I'm sure it'll be someone even better at podcasting than I've been. I think that uh, there's a lot of value here in in you guys. Uh, I think OWC Radio was designed to do two things, provide um, entertainment and, of course, branding for other world computing. Now, we never hit you guys over the head on this show about buy this, buy this, you have to buy. You know, I'm not Billy Mays trying to convince you the to, to spend all your money at OWC. I don't think anybody would have listened to that. And... Besides which, that's really not OWC's policy. Uh, They have award-winning products, yes, but they don't have to beat you over the head with that to convince you to buy. And so this was a a way for OWC Radio to kind of reach out and branch out. And I think we did really well, to be honest. I had a great time doing this show. I hope you guys really enjoyed the show. The last thing I wanted to do was create a show that nobody wanted to hear. I did get a couple emails, and I replied to them, but I'll say it here. Some people wanted to know 
the music that I play at the end of the show, starting right now. That music's actually called Buddy, and it's built into GarageBand. That wasn't something that was created for uh, OWC Radio. Uh, it's freely available music that you can find in GarageBand. So with that, I'm going to wrap up my final OWC Radio, number 42. It's been my absolute pleasure to, uh, to, to record this show. I really appreciate you guys spending the time to download it and the feedback that I got back. Thank you for all of you who sent in voicemail uh, over the last year and the emails and the encouragement. I can't tell you how much it meant to me. It, it's, uh, if I dwell on it too long, I'm going to get choked up here, and I don't want to do that. So please continue to visit uh, Other World's Computing's website at www.maxsales.com. They simply have the best hard drives out there, the best certified memory out there. If you need an SSD, that's where you want to go. They also have a great blog site. They're posting there almost every single day with great content. Just look for the OWC's blog at the top of the www.maxsales.com's website and you'll find it. And in the meantime, my name is Tim Robertson. For the last time, thank you very much. <laughs>